0: This is Bloomberg Surveillance. With all these polls coming out, we have to balance the risks to either remain or whether, of course, it's a Brexit. The economy's rate of growth of potential output is
1: slower than it's been in our generation.
0: Europe has enough on its plate without Brexit, thank you very much. The last thing Europe needs is a Brexit crisis on top of everything else. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It's 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 1 p.m. in Frankfurt, where optimism reigns. Never mind Brexit. Never mind the Fed. Germany's Ifo measure of business sentiment unexpectedly rises, hits 107.7, the strongest in five months. It is a risk-on morning. Stocks are higher around the world. Bond yields are rising in Europe. The stock 600 is up by three points right now, 1% on the day. The DAX in Germany, where everybody's so happy, 130 points higher, 1.3%. The euro is relatively stable, 111.42, hardly moving at all uh, this morning. The German two-year note, we could point out, uh, at negative 51 basis points, was earlier today at negative 49, getting a A little bit of a lift along with U.S. bond yields. Right now, the ten-year note yield one point eight six percent, the five-year one point four one, and the two years up to ninety-three basis points this morning. Equity futures in the U.S. S and P futures up eight points four tenths. It's a four tenths gain for Dow e-mini futures sixty-four points. Nasdaq e-mini futures up twenty four tenths of a percent. The good feelings even extend to emerging markets. The MSCI Emerging Markets Index is up this morning by 1.6%. All this, even as the markets price in and now better than 50% chance of a Fed rate increase by the end of July. And that is not what happened earlier this year when the Fed was talking about rate moves. What's different now? We asked the man who would know, Adrian Mowatis, Chief Emerging uh, at, uh, at Market Equity Strategist for uh, J.P. Morgan. Thank you for joining us this morning, Mr. Mowatis. Uh- What's the difference? Uh, Why all of a sudden are are investors sanguine about a Fed rate move when they were so worried about it in January?
2: Yeah, I I think we've had, um, you know, obviously incredible worries about the Fed move back when we had liftoff. Now, what happened in January I thought was very interesting. We had a lot of volatility in currency, uh, sorry, in commodities and in equity markets, but we didn't have much volatility in currency markets in EM. And so this, this idea, which the IMF was proposing that when the Fed raises rates, money would come out of emerging markets hasn't proved to be the case. Let's also put this in context. We're talking about the Fed moving by 25 basis points. Uh, you know, that's not a lot of carry. And I, and I think the, really the story here is the Fed moves rates up. That's a good news story in that they're confident in the economy. If the dollar doesn't rally, which we don't think it will on the Fed move, uh, then that's good for EM. Uh, and it's also probably good for U.S. financials to have slightly higher net interest margins.
0: Well, that's what the Fed was hoping people would think, but nobody was thinking that late last year, early this year.
2: Well, th- that's absolutely right, but I suppose you, you know, you had zero interest rates for an eight-year period, uh, and so it was understandable that people would be nervous about the change. Uh, you know, we had to go back to 2004 for the last time the Fed had liftoff. Tom, it's like trying to get your kids to eat spinach or something.
1: Yeah, you know, that was the last night. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Bloomberg Surveillance, thrilled that you're with us this morning. A lot of nuance uh, in the market. Bloomberg Surveillance brought you by Invesco. Uh, Invesco believes it's time to say goodbye to the traditional 60-40 stock bond allocation. Say hello to alternatives as a core part of modern portfolios. Learn more at Invesco dot com slash all. it's adrian Maui with us jp morgan uh, out of hong kong thrilled that you're in our new york studios um what i love about the granularity of the jp morgan call and looking at your bloomberg up on the screen you can see it's a it's a granular i i can't use adrian's screen folks the font is so small i wouldn't even be able to see it with my glasses on but the font leads you to india i'm fascinated by your overweight in india why is
0: that
2: yeah. So what we've got in India, also true in Indonesia, is you've got a very rapid increase in the working age population. You're combining that with a government that's moving ahead in making the economy more efficient, increasing the opportunities for companies to invest, to create jobs. Uh, so we, we think it's quite reasonable for this economy to be growing at a compounded rate of 7 percent per annum. We live in a very, very low growth world that type of story is quite unique. How is there
1: 7% different from China's whatever percent?
2: Uh, because it's driven without uh, increasing your debt to GDP to an unsustainable level. So this is, this is an organic growth rate. Uh, different well, from China, because remember, China's got a contracting working right. age population.
1: Well, within that, I mean, in the old days, listen to me, folks. I, do, I sound like an old person this morning, John Tucker. I'm sorry for that. Well, you are. Thank you. Um, in the old days, you bought Mexico, you bought Telmex. In India, do you bought, do you buy three stocks, three big companies, or do you have to be more granular?
2: It's, there's a lot of depth to this market. So what we would be promoting at the moment is buying building materials, so cement companies, and we've got a nice yeah. consolidation story there. Uh, we would be buying uh, consumer discretionaries, particularly autos. So you can buy two-wheeler manufacturers. You can buy car companies. Uh, we're seeing truck sales growing double-digit. That's usually a very good sign in terms of corporate CapEx. Uh, so you have large truck manufacturers in India. Uh, Also, you've got some quite unique sectors. Uh, They have a large pharmaceutical sector in India, uh, which has been very successful in the generics area. Uh, And they also have these uh, the IT software companies, uh, which are a great success story in India.
0: Explain to us uh, how the how the capital markets differ in India. They, they, are, they are much more used for companies to actually raise money as, instead of, uh, in China, speculative accounts, uh, savings accounts, that sort of uh, analogy.
2: Yeah, so there, there is a difference between certainly the onshore Indian market versus the A-share market in China. Uh, so you've got a, a reasonably mature investor base. Uh, so my clients onshore in India are large insurance companies, pension funds, mutual funds, uh, which invest in stocks with a three- to five-year horizon. It's it's the sort of type of investor that you would expect to find in the United States. Uh, It's a nice, uh, diverse group of investors as well. Uh, So we don't have the same sort of speculative momentum element that we've seen in the A-share market in the last 24 months.
1: Over the last 10 years, I just did a quick Bloomberg plug-and-chug, which shows that if you're rupee-based – You made 11 percent, I believe it is, over the last 10 years per year. Not a bad return. But with currency depreciation, with a dollar, it comes down to 7 percent. How do you amend that or how do you do that responsibly if you're um, a developed market-based currency person? Do you hedge or do you just go flat, go in?
2: You, you have to, you have to go unhedged because the hedging costs are too high. Exactly. So you have to, so part of your strategy has to be thinking about what the rupee is going to do. And what you tend to find with these EM currencies is they have, They have a long period of relative stability and then they'll tend to have jump condition lower. Um, Now, if you think about the the strategy of the Indian government, they want to really encourage manufacturing. So I think they will run a competitive, real effective exchange rate policy. So they'll, the the currency will weaken in line with inflation differentials. So think about, you know, their inflation targets 4%. So you should be getting a sort of two to three percent difference with the U.S., okay. assuming that the Fed can meet its inflation target. Obviously,
1: for anyone studying for CFA Level Two or Three, with the exam, Mike is in like you know Taylor Riggs, our, our great Taylor Riggs studying. The exam's like in six days. That was just your clinic on international equity investment. You can send a check made out to Michael McKee and Tom.
0: <laughs> we run our own uh, tutoring service. Yeah, that's
1: our own Schweizer. It's our own, we're own Schweizer.
0: Going to, we're going to get rich yeah. off of Taylor as she studies. <laughs> See, uh, beyond India um, to China, is China over now? I mean, is it, is just the, the risk too much of the volatility and the uncertainty about where the government is going with the economy that you, you don't want? If you can get the returns in India, why buy China? Uh,
2: look, we're, we're overweight China as well as India. I I think views on China are overly pessimistic, so we do have some serious structural issues, particularly the debt levels in the economy, but I think there's a, a gross misunderstanding of what's actually going on in, in this economy. It's the world's second largest economy. You know, We've got 1.35 billion people. There are 126 conurbations in China with more than a million people in them, and I'm always amazed of the confidence that people have when they make projections on China. Uh, the confidence that people have in a bearish view on the Chinese real estate market. Yeah. And 126 yeah. different conurbations with more than a million people in. Well,
1: what's great so. about it is guys like me go, yes, I went to China. And that's the Hong Kong airport, yes. Mercedes, the Mandarin hotel right near your office. Then I go back to the airport and I went to China. I mean, it's not that way, is it? There's a lot going on.
2: It's not that way. And the, the, six, the key to the China story now is the household sector. So remember, the Chinese households have been saving 40% of their income. Uh, if you look at household debt to GDP in China, it's 26%. Mortgage debt to GDP is 21%. Um, The Chinese government, I think, is very good at controlling asset inflation in the property markets. So when property prices start rising rapidly, the down payments increase. You know, it's very good counter-cyclical policy. And we've got a really bullish story in Chinese property. We're we're going
1: to come back and talk about that. This is wonderful. Adrian Moua with us Um, as as we look at China uh, as well. Futures up seven this morning.
0: This hour of surveillance brought to you by Palisades Audi. Visit palisadesaudi.com. Here's Michael Barr with news headlines.
1: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Authorities in New Mexico have used the word riot to describe an anti-Donald Trump demonstration outside a campaign rally. Authorities say demonstrators threw burning T-shirts, plastic bottles, and other items at police officers last night. Several officers were injured. Police fired pepper spray and smoke grenades. House Speaker Paul Ryan has said he is telling confidants he is ready to end the standoff with Donald Trump. That's according to two people close to Ryan. Aides to the lawmakers say he's worried the split has sharpened divisions in the Republican Party. Global news, twenty four hours a day, powered by our twenty four hundred journalists and more than hundred fifty news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom, and Michael, thanks so much. Uh, another dash to fifty on oil. We're not there. Brent crude forty nine twenty five a barrel, up sixty four cents. Gold south by eight dollars, twelve twenty three an ounce uh, on support. I would say gold. Chris Verona, Strategas, suggesting he would be a buyer of gold here.
0: This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz tri-state dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today.
1: Global Business News, 24 hours a day
0: at Bloomberg.com. The Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
3: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by the accountants and advisors at Eisner Amper. Cybersecurity is on the mind of every business leader. Managing cyber risk should be too. Get started with a cyber risk assessment. Learn more: EisnerAmper.com/slash/cyber-risk. A headline crossing the Bloomberg Senate has filed a consent solicitation with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to remove and replace all members of Medivation's board of directors. U.S. stock index futures, meanwhile, are rising this morning with S&P E-mini futures up seven points. Dow E-mini futures up 59 and Nasdaq E-mini futures up 18. DAX in Germany is up 1.3%. Ten-year Treasury little change, yield 1.86%. Yield on the two-year, 0.92%. Nymex crude oil up one point two percent, or fifty seven cents, to forty nine nineteen a barrel. Comex gold down six tenths percent, or seven dollars seventy cents, at twelve twenty four fifty an ounce. The euro, a dollar eleven forty six. The N one ten point two three. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
0: Karen, thank you very much for talking with Adrian Mout from uh, J P Morgan, chief emerging market and Asia equity strategist, and. Uh, Adrian, we were talking about China just before the break, and the big question a lot of people have at this point is uh, if you're going in or out of China, and you're suggesting being overweight, uh, what is China doing with its currency these days? What price are you going to pay? How do you figure that out?
2: Do you know, I, I think we're going to look back on all this sort of speculation on the Chinese currency in a couple of years' time and just wonder what on earth was going on in markets. You know, China's current account surplus continues to rise, which doesn't imply an overvalued currency. You know, China has had a controlled currency, and they're gradually moving away from a controlled currency. They've got a they've got a basket which looks at its trading partners, and so they want to remain relatively competitive. Uh, but I don't think this is a story of a big devaluation. I've ever seen that before in a current account surplus country. What currency
0: would you use to invest with the Chinese if, uh, if, if they're pushing the basket? Is it still a dollar uh, forex transaction?
2: Well, the basket obviously has a reasonably – it's got a big weight to the euro because uh, Europe's a bigger export destination than the United States, and it's also got a weighting towards Japan. Uh, but if you're, if you're buying into Chinese equities, you, you're not going to use the renminbi. You're going to use the Hong Kong dollar. Uh, the eight share market is very inexpensive. The other thing you can do is use the US dollar. There's plenty of very interesting ADRs traded on the New York Stock Exchange. You know, the MSCI China, uh, come the end of this month will be 30% e-commerce companies. You know, imagine that. You've got the world's biggest emerging markets where you've got a massive exposure to the consumer and you've got exposure to the consumer in the part of consumption that's growing fast in the overall basket. It's an incredibly appealing benchmark, yeah. but everyone's so caught up in the macro call in China that they're not doing the homework right. on the micro.
1: Well, within that homework is accounting. Do you trust, and I say this with great respect for J.P. Morgan, do you trust the accounting of emerging market companies? Is, is PwC over there the same as PwC here, I guess is the rude question?
2: Look, there are... I think the, the answer to that is one should be suspicious of all accounts and one should, you should do your analysis just checking, uh, that it is, it's reasonable the numbers that you're looking at. Uh, we do see, uh, accountants in, uh, in Hong Kong and China not signing off on accounts because they're uncomfortable with it. Uh, so I think the, the accounting practice is doing a good job.
0: One uh, major issue out there on the horizon for next month with China is MSCI's decision about A shares, whether to include them in the emerging market index. Uh, What's your feeling? I mean, we could see enormous uh, flows in and out of stocks as as people try to rebalance portfolios if if they go in.
2: So the idea that MSCI have is to have a 5% free-float factor. So by including 5% of the free-float of A shares, that would be 1.1% of MSCI emerging markets. So I think it's a slightly more modest move. If they did the full inclusion, then it would be about 18% of emerging markets, so that would be more dramatic. I think it's a 50-50 call on whether they do include uh, the biggest issue clients have with including a shares is this problem that companies can ask to suspend their shares uh, you know if you're buying equities it's crucial uh, mm-hmm. that they're liquid equities uh, that you don't get trapped in them
1: yeah. uh, there's a lot of mining stocks involved and i, I get the mobile angle as well 10 cent china mobile china construction something like china telecom i don't get it i mean the dividend growth isn't there the dividends okay so what uh, again, are you buying these stocks for the macro play, EM101, from 20 years ago? Or is there a different reason?
2: Well, I, I I we're not particularly keen on the mobile sector in China at this point. Uh, competition is very intense. You know, the government's got a strong view about these companies investing very heavily and having a great network, which may not be great for the, the shareholders. So, I you know, we're, we're looking more into... Uh, the e-commerce names, we quite like insurance where there's very good growth in premium. Uh, we'd be promoting real estate companies and select construction companies as well. Alibaba? I, I'm not cleared with compliance for regulating undervention. I I guess that'd be Uh, a
1: wise guy. Escaping through the door immediately, Ajin Maui. Thank you so much. Wonderful to have you here. Please join us again. He is from Hong Kong. Don't forget folks, uh, Bloomberg Radio, our Asian coverage. Uh, it is important. It, it can start your Asian day across all of Hong Kong and Singapore and across the many time zones of Asia. Bloomberg Radio, uh, Asian coverage that's web-based and uh, digital and is, is proving most informative about the Asia morning from New York and from, uh, Hong Kong. Features up eight. Dow features up six. To Mike, is anyone speaking today?
0: The president in um, oh, Tokyo, but the, the the president is speaking today. Yeah, we well, have uh, more Fed speak today. Uh, Patrick Harker, who spoke the other night, we kind of know how he feels. Uh, Neil Kashkari is speaking on the economy. Eleven o'clock this morning, uh, twelve twelve noon basically. And uh, Rob Kaplan from Dallas is speaking as well. So we have to it was good to speak with
1: Mr. Kachalakota to yesterday. Yes. We were polite. We didn't bring up Mr. Keshkari. That would have been, would have been
0: rude. Well, uh, you know, Narayana uh, uh, retired, so he, can yeah, be, he can't he can be talk gracious. about it. He could be gracious. You've been very gracious this morning about your Pittsburgh Penguins. I have. It's very exciting. Scarlett Food joined us an hour you ago. You did give Scarlett a bit of a hard time. I, I
1: did. Well, Lundquist, I think, should go to an expansion team. I can see that.
0: <laughs> the Las Vegas Las, Lundquist. The Las
1: Vegas Lundquist is what it would be. No, it's very exciting. For those of you worldwide, Game 7 of the Eastern. Hockey finals. Uh, It would take too long to explain, but it's very exciting this end of May if you like hockey. Bloomberg Surveillance, good morning.
0: Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit t2computing.com for more information.